Okay, hi, so it's Carrie Johnston and I'm filming today on the traditional territory of Champaign and Asiac First Nations in beautiful Dakota Haines Junction. And my guests today are... Uh, hey, I'm Jaden Soroka and I'm with Outpost 31 and the other, the other guy. I'm Neil and yeah, we're coming to you from the traditional territory of the Kwanla Dun First Nation and the Tonquachin uh, Council. And uh, yeah, we're Outpost 31. Okay, so what is Outpost 31? Uh, I'll take it. I mean, we're a essentially a media production company. Um, we do a variety of things, but we kind of operate and create content and media. Um, certainly Jaden plays in a few different realms, things like VR and 360, but we also do traditional film and television and do kind of uh, corporate online video, that kind of stuff. Uh, and how long you guys been operating for? Uh, we've been going since uh, 2018 officially. Um, but yeah, Jaden and Dave and I have been working together since uh, 2010, I think, is the first time we worked together. And Dave and I actually grew up together. Our other partner is uh, Dave Hamlin, who's not here. And Dave and I grew up together in the Yukon. So we've been making films together since we were 13, I think. Right on. What are you guys learning about your business model in the midst of this uh, global pandemic? What's it doing to your business? Uh, I mean, I think being digital and working in a digital field has it's uh, weird oh over oh, to Jaden Neil you froze there <laughs> on us uh yeah no I think I think just yeah we, we work in a digital field and COVID-19 and everything happening has pushed digital into a new I think um necessity uh in terms of the world and so we've actually been seeing a lot of growth and a lot of opportunity um and because of yeah because of everything happening I think we've just been able to actually accelerate um specifically our, our digital formats and thinking of XR content creation, but we just, we're getting calls every week. Uh, it's been kind of nuts actually how much work there is right now. You just mentioned the term XR. What, what is that? Sorry, XR is a, is a catch-all for, uh, for extended reality. So it's, it's catching virtual reality, augmented reality, 360, anything that really is immersive uh, and then has kind of a, uh, an experiential kind of experience involved is now being called XR. So I guess that's got like a, a whole new opportunity in terms of digitizing arts in this way where we're not necessarily able to be present at the same performances and live events like we used to be. So there's the opportunity for emerging technology to kind of bring us into the experience in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, we're seeing lots of um, places are just doing like for theater that are doing a multi-camera shoot. Um, which is a very, you know, classical way of, of, of taking content and producing it for a large audience. But immersive tech is, is really creating an opportunity to feel like a spectator, to feel like an actual audience member of an experience. So rather than just watching the screen, you feel like you're actually physically there witnessing the performance or in the gallery or, you know, in, in a, on a film set, like the immersive technology is creating a different experience for people, for sure. Yeah. And are you, like, are there applications where you're applying it that you can share an example like that in the territory here now? I'm working right now with um, Boreal Soul on a, on a project. So we're taking their theatrical kind of performance and reworking it into a sphere that exists within XR. So we're working on a 360 degree stereoscopic, so stereo, so 3D video, um, and basically choreographing um, some movements around that space. But what's cool about it is that because it's video, we can push the boundaries of what they've done before, talking about doing compositing. So doing things that are a bit more 
uh, like visual effects, magical, um, out of out of world, out of body experiences. Because we because it's not theater anymore, we can push the boundaries of what's being done visually for theater um, using visual effects in that sphere. But but using their dance, and we're working with their, their musicians to build a, a track and and foley work. So it's kind of combining their classical skill sets of stage and finding a way to bring it into a 360 environment, which has been really enjoyable. And we're going to be releasing that next year, actually. So, yeah. That's really neat. I mean, the Yukon's such a magical place, so it seems really cool to start to get to integrate the magic of the Yukon into how we perform and create like artistic medium. It's neat. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what are you learning about Yukoners and your clients at this time? Oh, um, I would just say resiliency, you know, um, pretty cool to see people persevering, especially other small businesses and cool to see community support, you know, for small businesses. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's been really great to see. You guys have a bit of a team that you're leading. What are you learning about leadership right now? <laughs> I'm about patience. Um, uh, I like to, to work fast and get things done, but during this time in the world, everything is slowed down. Uh, if we need equipment, if we need special technical skills, uh, we can't bring people up to help us. It's, it's all being digital. So I think we've had to, it's lots of opportunity, but we've also had to be patient and slow down and really consider what we're doing next and why, um, given where the world's at, for sure. Yeah. I know I've seen you guys filming before and you're always super safety conscious when you're out there and I imagine it just like adds a whole nother level of ensuring that you've got your COVID protocols in place on top of your standard sort of just work safe for, for the film industry. Yeah, it's been interesting. We've been lucky. Me personally have been lucky to do a lot of field work just because projects have continued in the North, but you know, like Jaden said, it's been difficult or impossible to bring certain people in. So there's actually been Yukoners that have benefited from that, but yeah, it, it brings on all these protocols, you know, where, we're flying in small aircraft or, you know, going into remote communities and you want to be conscious and, you know, in some cases filming with elders and, and filming with people that may be in those high risk things. So I think luckily there's a lot of resources to draw upon. So we have local and regional resources, but also just through, you know, the guilds and, and unions throughout kind of the, the entertainment world, there's been a lot of work to draft kind of protocols so yeah just things about you know hand sanitization mask wearing um you know physical distancing moving shoots outdoors all that kind of stuff so it's been a challenge but yeah i think yeah like you said having a, a safety mindset was helpful to move into that um and it just you know takes a bit more time it takes a bit more money it takes you know some some thought process but it was it was good to see we're able to, you know, continue production and continue making content, so. That's great. Um, taking all that you've learned in the last, you know, eight months or so and, and a lifetime, uh, what are you kind of thinking, what, like what's your trajectory look like going forward? Where, where do you see the industry going here in the territory? Where's, where's your business situated in that? Yeah, I think, you know, it's been about growth, you know, Jaden, uh, brings a really interesting side and that's kind of industry-wide that, that push into XR. I think locally there's also been, you know, opportunities for, for that through the IT push in the territory, but also traditional content creators, you know, film, television, online content, music, video producers, all kinds of stuff. There's a growing 
growing industry here and it's exciting to be a part of. We're certainly hoping to take advantage of, you know, there has been this pause in production for a lengthy time. Film and television were some of the first things to shut down. Um, so there will be a, a bit of a vacuum for content and we're hoping to take advantage of that and maybe get some of our content into the marketplace and, and onto some platforms. So uh, we've got a really exciting project that blends some things. Jaden is directing a film we're uh, co-producing with the NFB that we're developing this winter and hopefully we'll be going into production with that. And um, that mixes animation and documentary and storytelling. And so, yeah, we're, we're optimistic. You know, I think the winter will be will be a lot of things. And I, we're hoping that, you know, we can just kind of push forward and, and keep going and get some Yukon stories out to the world. Jaden, anything to add to that? Well, I think, um, you know, it's important. We are developing XR, uh, but the reality of XR, it's hard to monetize. You know, the, the market is still developing, right? The, the spaces to which we can look to, to create content for and have audiences for is, is it's great. It's out there. It's still quite small compared to television. Um, and so as Neil put, like, we're also really excited to be working in more of a traditional sense as well, focusing on film. And I mean, we really are looking at TV series and, and feature length films. Like that is where we see our growth um, being the most, I think, exciting. Um, and so we do, we have done the commercial work. We really are leaning much heavier now into more of the, the narrative um, constructs of, of looking at TV series and film partly because Neil's in BC, I've been in Saskatchewan and, and from my experience in Saskatchewan, we saw when the TV series came into the prairies, that's when our industry grew to a place where it was stabilized. We had a full-time working crew year round. And at the end of, of that success period, we had two crews working full-time. So I think our interest as a company is finding ways to grow our, our, our capacity in the North in, our, in a meaningful way that's gonna to contribute to the economy and to a full-time crew being able to work and part of that is, is bringing new technologies in. So we're doing some work with motion capture suits, um, looking at virtual production, which has been really you know, popularized with the recent show Mandalorian, where they've changed how we do production, right? They're using tools now to do real-time visual effects in a way that is, is way better to film it live than it is to go into visual effects and do it later on a computer. So we're just looking at what's happening in the world and how we can inter inter integrate these things, maybe in the North in a way that's, that's meaningful but also allows Neil, myself, Dave, and other companies who want to produce content at that caliber um, to do it in a way in the North where we don't have to leave. And we can actually have the tools, have the infrastructure locally to do something really, really amazing that's never been done before, but it takes time to get there. And so we're slowly working towards that, obviously, yeah. Have we, I guess we have lots of reality TV shows that have been like filmed here in the North, but have we ever had a narrative TV series filmed here? Yeah, there's certainly been uh, episodes. Um, I had the pleasure of working on an episode of Murdoch Mysteries that filmed up in Dawson City. Um, yeah, so there has been, you know, a variety of things. Daniel Jank um, had a program, Northern Town, that was a miniseries on CBC that he was a writer and producer on. Um, Carol Geddes had uh, a couple seasons of a great show on APTN that was called uh, uh, Legends of the Sunrock. Um, forget the the full title the full name um yeah so there have there have been some local ones there have been a, a number of things from outside um yeah so it, it's it's funny it certainly ebbs and flows and and there have been you know peaks and valleys but yeah hopefully there there can be more content more content made by you um yeah 
Yeah, like Jane, what you're sort of saying, just getting that like consistent block so you can build up that talent and nurture and mentor and and have that consistency in order to build up the industry here. Absolutely. One of the biggest things is if you don't have a consistent, obviously, opportunity for people, um, once once the film stops and there's no more film opportunities, they leave, right? And so it happened in Saskatchewan when the industry shut down there, um, when the government took away all the, all the tax incentives. Um, every one of my colleagues left the, left the province. They were all working elsewhere now because um, there wasn't any work, right? And it took us almost 20 years to build up enough capacity to have two working full crews in Saskatchewan, which is a similar, you know, I mean, the BC is a whole nother beast, right? BC is, we, we can never compare to BC, but Saskatchewan is a small city that has a small crew base and small infrastructure, but it was able to do some pretty amazing things like Corner Gas uh, and some really amazing films in its, in its heyday. Um, and yeah, so I think, I'm just looking at how can we do a similar, have a similar effect on the North, right? Using kind of a model that worked in, in, in a small demographic of, of the Prairie's um, film industry. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of work um, and we, yeah, but we're, we're, we're doing our best as one company, we are doing our best to move obviously uh, the pendulum in our favor in the North, but it just takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. Are you guys picking up any new skills? Like, uh, I mean, either professionally or personally to kind of help advance where your business is going? Yeah, we were really lucky to participate in the pivot program that was run through, um, you know, Yukon university and the innovation center. Um, so yeah, that was really good. There was some not much needed, uh, you know, business skill development and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're all filmmakers first and, uh, you know, we kind of have stumbled into running a company and running a business and it's kind of been haphazard a little bit. So it was really great to do that program, really tr take a bigger picture view of what's going on in the overall marketplace, both in Canada and internationally, and then see, you know, how can we best look at our business, look at our revenue stream, look at our projections and costs and all that stuff, you know, really roll up our sleeves and, and do a little more kind of business planning and um, you know, some strategic planning, especially with the pandemic in mind. So that was really great. That was, um, you know, I think it was, it was good for all of us to take a more, you know, a more kind of business person approach to it. You know, we've always been kind of filmmakers first in our mindset. And so it was really good to take an entrepreneurial approach and, and more kind of grounded business approach to our company and, and how we should set our goals and move forward. So yeah, that was really good. That's fantastic to hear. It, it is uh, so many entrepreneurs took advantage of that program. And I think those that did are, are seeing a lot of opportunity going forward because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I said about this, uh, like the National Film Board, we've been working on this project, this animation with those guys. And a big part of that film is us integrating motion capture into our pipeline. So motion capture is where you wear a suit. And, and as, as you move, it captures your physical movement in geometry, so in a 3D space. Um, we did use motion capture for the short film that was released last year called The Provider, which is what our next film is based off of. But we use motion capture data that I had access to online. So the nice thing is this, this time around, we have the suit in the North, we've been developing our own workflow around that suit. And now I can work with performers locally to actually perform the exact movements we need for that character in that moment. So it, it brings in this whole other level of accuracy, but as, as well as creative direction around performance. And it's something that we're working with theater companies with and Royal Soul and this 360 video are also using the motion capture suit. And it really will bring us into a different cal caliber, I think, of, of creation in terms of animation because motion capture is a standard across the board 
everywhere else. And it's the first time we've had access in the North. So yeah, it's, a, it's exciting time for us in that. That is exciting. Yeah. Uh, what advice do you guys have for emerging entrepreneurs, whether it's you know in film and sound or television or whatever, or, or beyond? Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, film and sound, I'd like the, the film industry in general, be prepared to work long hours. Um, yeah, be, be prepared for a competitive industry. You're, there's the classic saying, you're never as good as you're always, you're only as good as your last film, uh, which is, you know, more true in, in kind of Hollywood, but certainly, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's a rat race. There's a lot of competition in the industry and, and yeah, you're always, you're always kind of competing and for funding or for projects or clients. And um, so, yeah, be, be ready to, to do the work. It's not all glamour and, you know, cameras and lights and movie stars. It's uh, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of dirt and mud and hard work. Uh, any sort of main like aha moments for you guys where your worldview shifted a little bit because of the pandemic, new ways of thinking. <laughs> I think my aha moment was uh, that work isn't the most important thing. I think uh, Neil and I and Dave, we all work really hard. And uh, when uh, we were forced to kind of be, you know, quarantine and, and you find really quickly the things that are important to you. And, and I'll be honest, work was, wasn't a low, portion of that bar um, lower than I thought it would be right but that time allowed me to consider what things are important in life and and obviously community was and I lost my community because of the quarantine and all these things um, and uh, but yeah my reality was that like work work is I'm, I'm really blessed to be in the north doing what I do and I love what I do it's not easy as Neil said there's a lot of administration work there's a lot of things that you need to do to be creative that aren't creative um, so much in times that you do so much of it that you know, no longer have any juice left to be creative with um, and that's something to be aware of is that it takes a lot of work to own your own business, especially in the creative world. But um, yeah, what I realized is like, I think the three of us need to also have a life a bit more, you know, and, and focus on other things rather than just the next project. Um, and we've worked really hard. We've had some success. And I think it's also time for us to enjoy some of the success and, and, uh, and not just be so eager to, to kill ourselves in the next thing, but maybe just enjoy where we're at currently. So, yeah. Neil, same for you or anything to add there? Um, yeah, I think Jaden said it good. We're learning to say no. And that's that's a good piece of advice for people too. You know, uh, in the gig economy and, and in our kind of lifestyle, it's always you're, you're clamoring for that next gig. And I think sometimes it's good to take a step back, to take a breath, you know, self-care, you know, mental health. It's good to be conscious of all those things and really – yeah, you need to fill the well if you want to be creative and, and create stuff. So yeah, I think um, being more mindful of that work-life balance and and uh, that kind of stuff, yeah, is really important. So yeah, I totally agree with Jaden. Yeah. What are your wellness strategies to kind of keep you grounded day to day? Honestly, for us, it's, you know, it, it can be pretty crazy in production. You know, we can work six days a week. Sometimes we can work 21 days straight. Um, you know, it, it can be really intense and, and really intensive, even in post-production, you know, there can be crunch, which is a, you know, a big thing, um, but it can be long, long hours. So I think for us, it's, 
it's almost about planning respite and planning time off in our schedule and almost pre-booking that stuff. So instead of just taking advantage of a time where we don't book a, a gig or we have, you know, just happen to have open time, it's more about prioritizing, you know, what, what are our family needs? What are our personal needs? When do we want to have downtime and being mindful too of just, you know, not filling our schedule too much, not having too many balls in the air. You know, we, we found where you, you know, jugglers, you kind of find your ball, your juggle number, and we're kind of figuring out our, our juggle number. So we're, you know, figuring out, yeah, maybe we're really good at four or five. We shouldn't try to get to six or seven, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is trying to plan, trying to make sure we just take care of ourselves. I think being active, those are things too, you know, making sure that you have room in your schedule to, you know, play sports, get outside, you know, not be with a camera on your shoulder and not be slave to a computer, you know, make sure that there's a, a life balance out there. Jaden? Uh, <laughs> I've been, uh, like what I do is very intensive. Um, uh, I'm often solving problems more than I'm being creative. So I work in a lot of different software. I'm doing a lot of things that are very, very complex and challenging. And often that means I have to go and understand the software, why it's not working and actually start to code a bit to, to, to break the software and make it do what I needed to do. So I find any given day, at the end of the day, I am completely um, mentally fried. And when I'm mentally fried, I'm physically fried. It, it kind of coincides, even though I've been sitting at a desk all day, I'm tired. So I started to instigate um, like daily routines around self wellness and self care. Um, so in the morning, I just, you know, I think it's important to have a routine where like you're doing something for you. For me, it's like I do in the morning before I get to work, this is for me. Um, it's like, it's meditation, it's stretching. It's just like my own little routine. Um, and then at the end of the day, often to, to like disconnect from the computer, I have to then just take five minutes to meditate to like break away from the software head that I'm in. Um, so it's been really important to almost compartmentalize my day. When I get here, I work very hard and it's really all I'm doing and I don't do anything else. But then when I'm here, I'm here when I'm not here, I have to let it go. And it took me a long time to let go and to not think about work and not think about things. And I found the healthiest thing to do is to let the office go when you're away. Um, and when you're here, be present and working hard, but when you're not here, don't be here. Um, that's been really helpful for me, yeah. Sage advice, guys. Yeah. Um, UConn's got this sort of safe six strategy that they've deployed to kind of help keep us safe, right? So keep your social bubble small and keep six feet away from anybody who's not part of it. And, you know, limit your travel, that sort of stuff. Which one are you guys finding the hardest to integrate into your life? Um, for me, it's keeping, you know, we've had to manage our bubbles for physical production. So that one's been, um, it's been interesting, you know, trying to not necessarily quarantine, but if I know I'm going to go into production with a group of people, well, then I need to prematurely, you know, cut off my other bubbles and kind of isolate. So that's been hard to kind of migrate your bubble, so to speak. Um, yeah, that one's been a challenge for me. Yeah, I think same, same here. It's um, I'm lucky because I'm mostly working in post-production. So XR is mostly on computers, but we do do a lot of studio based stuff. So today I was out testing um, the 360 camera at the studio with Boreal Soul, but we just had to keep a distance from each other. Um, and if we keep working with them, obviously, you know, wearing masks and being aware of distance, like, cause they, they're, they're their own bubble, but I'm not a part of that bubble. So I have to be just aware when I'm there of being really clean, only I'm touching the camera, only I'm touching the stuff, like no one's allowed to touch it or come near it, which is also a good practice in general. Cause if they break it, it's not a good thing. 
Um, so it's like, you know, you guys stay back, but it's been really just being aware of boundaries, right? And being like, you guys are over here, I'm over here. We're safe as long as we stick to these areas. And with 360, it's great. You set the camera up once, you, it's mostly choreography and, and performance. And so there's not a lot of lights and camera and stuff once it's set up. So it's quite safe to shoot um, during this time in our lives, actually. What are, you know, we, we've been kind of, we went through a bit of a reset in the Yukon economy or, you know, globally, and we're sort of in this transition period, you know, when we're looking ahead to what the Yukon economy is going to look like, what are your hopes and dreams for what that's going to be, your values for that? Um, you know, I, as somebody who grew up here, was born and raised here, I'm, I'm lucky to have benefited from resource extraction, you know, my, from a multi-generation mining family. You know, I think it's an important part of our economy, but I do think it's important for the Yukon to really diversify its economy. Um, you know, we are more than mining and more than tourism. Tourism's great. And, you know, I think there's a lot of room for tourism to grow, but I think there's a lot of places, tech sector, um, you know, looking at all the amazing agriculture and food production that's coming out of the Yukon. So yeah, really having true diversification will help stabilize it because certainly we've seen peaks and valleys with, with mineral prices. So um, yeah, that true diversification is great. Knowledge-based, obviously for us, you know, seeing more film and television, I think there's a lot of room for our industry to grow and, you know, contribute to job creation and all that kind of economic impact. So uh, hopefully, yeah, we can, we can keep growing through all this and yeah, get the economy back to where it needs to be. Jaden, anything to add there? I'll just second that. Yeah, I think diverse, like diversifying the economy, we, we keep talking about that as a, as a territory and as a government. And, and I don't think I've seen a lot of investment in diversifying aside from tech. Um, but what I, one thing that's been really clear to me is in the creative industries, um, when places in Canada, like the, the creative industries are exploding across Canada and across the world in some ways, um, we're seeing growth in every single province, um, but the Yukon isn't seeing a lot of growth comparative to other places in Canada. So I think there's a ton of like, opportunity here for us to grow and really look at how we can increase capacity, increase infrastructure and increase obviously uh, capabilities locally. But with technology, the tech sector always sings, the easiest way to proliferate technology and innovation often in other places we've seen is through the creative industries. These individuals are out there using the technology, they're sharing it, they're, they're teaching, they're, this wealth of knowledge exists but they're very willing to share. And so I think if we wanna grow our tech sector, one of the easiest ways to do that is through the creative industries accessing this tech, using it. So for instance, for VR, I've been doing some VR training uh, and there's interest from people who are working in mining around how to use this technology to create accurate you know, models that we need on site, right? And some of the software I'm telling is not accurate right now, but there are the software that is. And so it's thinking differently, how do we model in VR rather than modeling in a computer uh, in a normal way, right? In a normal screen-based. So as an artist, as a creative working in this field, I'm dabbling in all these things. I can see this would work great for you guys, this wouldn't. So my hope is that we can, the creative industries can grow the North's capabilities in terms of technology innovation. And that to me is the most, makes the most sense. If you want to diversify into technology, use the creative industries as a way to start to basically proliferate that in the North. Yeah. Do we have, like, I mean, if you're, you're saying that there's growth across the country in the world and these sort of creative industries and oftentimes that comes because you've got a boutique or, or niche opportunity within a local jurisdiction like what would that look like for the Yukon is that has that been defined is there opportunity there yeah I mean I think 
like Jaden was alluding to in Saskatchewan and, and what we've kind of seen in a lot of places, you know, specifically Vancouver and Toronto are kind of the bigger models, but um, usually when you lead with a certain type of production, so generally what's deemed service production, so uh, production that comes in, so usually large film and television projects that don't originate in the country. So usually the, they're produced by usually US or, or foreign companies. And so they're just coming in, they're taking advantage of crews, you know, they're taking advantage of locations and infrastructure. Um, so when that type of production really builds to a larger capacity, it helps with infrastructure development, it helps with employment development. And so then that usually allows a, a space for, you know, local production to grow for, you know, a broader range of artistic production and, and you know, of ancillary production to kind of grow with it. So to me, that's kind of the first step is if we can really look at a model and look at growing our service production, um, you know, it can only take us a couple of small projects can really grow us by millions of dollars. Uh, it employs a lot of people. Um, it, it helps us invest in infrastructure. And then that's those skills and capacities stay here. And that infrastructure stays here and it allows locals to take advantage of that. Um, so, yeah, a, you know, a good, like Jaden said, a good example is Saskatchewan. They, you know, were able to have a local series, Corner Gas, out of making film and television for America. You know, they wound up creating dozens and dozens of jobs. Um, I think, like Jaden said, too, there are opportunities in kind of this emerging technology. So digital production is, is, a, is a possibility, you know, that kind of integrates live visual effects, like Jaden said. Um, a lot of these immersive things do have real world applications. So things like site visits, you know, travel is a big issue right now. So virtual site visits can be a big thing that can be an application for 360 that has applications in tourism and, and mining and a bunch of different sectors. Um, like Jaden said, the experiential side of VR is a way that you can start to look at different data sets for different companies. So mining is one where you can experience their kind of ore deposits and things in a different environment than just looking at maps and, and graphs and charts and stuff. So uh, yeah, there's, there's new applications. It is really early on. So monetization is an interesting thing, but you know, the North, we're lucky we have funding options and, you know, opportunities, so. Any uh, songs, podcasts, books, movies that you're getting you through this pandemic that uh, you'd like to recommend? <laughs> huh. Honestly, I, uh, yeah, I don't listen, I don't, my podcasts, when I'm traveling, I listen to podcasts. Um, our company is really busy right now. So I'm just so focused on working and getting us. We have, we have a couple of deadlines coming up and really important ones are we're doing something that our company has never done before. And we're, the project we're working on will be the largest thing we've ever produced internally. So all my energy right now is going to that. Um, but in terms of music uh, or, you know, for me, I to, to, at the end of the day, I watch the office. I'll, I'll put on Michael Scott just to like come down from the day. He is my therapy actually right now. Um, <laughs> And so I use the office like one episode a day just to kind of get me from the office, literally back to my house. Uh, so um, I'm using that quite a bit. Um, and, uh, and I've been listening to Woodkid has been inspiring me in terms of audio for our recent project. Um, he's a, an artist, I think out of, out of uh, France, but does incredibly beautiful kind of mixture of uh, 
more cinematic music. So very, very, he's more melodic, but I just, I've been loving his stuff, been listening to it in the car and he's kind of inspired me visually for the project. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yep. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, John from Dawson. He's a, a young kid from Dawson City that's doing some uh, hip hop music. So I've been listening to him. You can find him on Spotify, John from Dawson. Um, John from Dawson, and then, that's uh, the name? A couple podcasts, yeah. John from Dawson, that's his name. He's a, he's a young kid. I, I, yeah, anyway, young kid doing rap and hip hop out of, out of Dawson City. Um, and then uh, a couple podcasts. Um, Spitting Chicklets is a hockey podcast that I listen to that's, uh, that's fairly well known. That one's pretty fun. Obviously, with hockey not happening, it's a little slow. Uh, another one. Um, oh, actually, you know, shout out to uh, Jenny Hamilton and Dan Bushnell with uh, their, what is it, the Horse Podcast? Um, yeah, that one's really good. I've been listening to that a little bit. I enjoy that one too. It's great. It, there's been quite a few podcasts spinning up in the Yukon in the pandemic. It's been fantastic to get like that local content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Brain Freeze Podcast, Richard Eden, and and all those guys. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much, guys, for your time today. Welcome. Thank you thanks for, for yeah. Bye. Bye.